When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jackie Cooper, as star of The Clock and the Rope, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed by William Spear. Would you like to hear the old story about the innocent man facing the execution and his last-minute attempts to get a pardon and how it feels when he doesn't get it? Well, I can tell you all about it, because that's my story. There's a couple of different twists to it, of course. There always are. For one thing, it happened to me. And now I keep away from it. I keep away from cities and buildings. Buildings with the cells they call rooms and doors that don't always open. I never button my collar. You'll find out why. I earn my living as a guide for hunting parties. Me. He couldn't find my way across the city park without asking a cop to direct him. I never sleep indoors. I can't. And I can't stand clocks. Most of all, I can't stand clocks. It happened so fast. I told him it wasn't murder. It was self-defense. Involuntary self-defense. You know, like putting up your arm to protect yourself. But it didn't work out that way in court. That's the other different twist I told you now. They convicted me. They sentenced me to be hanged. And they hanged me. I was nightmare. Sell a little gas, do the rough strip down for some repairs that had to be done the next day, take care of any transient overnight parking... Then this girl started dropping in for gas every other night or so, late. I liked her style, and I was too shy to say anything, and I guess she figured it. She was set with a sort of little smile, half turned on her seat to watch me while I filled the tank. Then she'd pay me and pull away with a funny look in her eyes, as if she was getting a kick out of the way I acted. Then one night, instead of pulling away when she paid me, she spoke. Oh, come on. Open up. What? I've been here twenty times. You can say a word if you can. Hello, it's a nice night. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, I didn't know that you wanted me to. But... <laughs> You're a funny fellow. <laughs> didn't look like I didn't want you to, did I? Don't I know my looks anymore? Oh, sure. I thought. Tell you... me, did I hear somebody call you home the other night? I guess you did. My name is Henry. Henry Gilson. Did a girl call you home? Why haven't you got it? No steady girl, if that's what you mean. <laughs> what would you be doing with a steady girl? Working here every night. Oh, I get one night off. Go to a dance or something. Yes. Sure, right? Hey, say, do you like to dance? I have. Well, uh, I'm off tomorrow night. You ever go to the Arcadia? They've got a good band there. I forget who it is this week. Oh, I'm sorry. Tomorrow night isn't my night off. Oh. But, uh, I get off at midnight. 
Mm-hmm. Montavia closes at midnight. All the big dance places close at midnight. Oh, you don't have to have a big place, do you? Uh, no. Oh, no. No, there's the All In out on Trapstart Avenue. They run late and they have a pretty good little band and the booth and everything. That would be fine. Well, I could pick you up at your job. Eh? No. No, I, um, I'm way at the other end of town and I have to drive my car back anyway. Suppose I meet you at the end. I'll be there a little after midnight. I'll be there. Okay, see ya. Well, say, what's your name? Till tomorrow night. Goodbye. That next night, around 11.30, I caught the trolley going out along Trapscott Avenue. The motorman was old Steve Hoffman. He had known me since I was a kid, and he read me about my new gray suit, especially about wanting to get off at the Owl Inn. He said I was stepping out in fast company. We got there in about 20 minutes, and I started up the driveway, kind of thrilled at the idea of a midnight date. I was just starting up the steps of the inn when I heard voices coming from a grove of trees to one side. Somebody, I tell you. Don't give me that stuff. Oh, it's all the way out there. Who are you meeting? Nobody. Okay, but giving me that, you get this. Oh! Right there. Hey, hey, what's this? Oh, this is the guy you're going to meet, huh? Swell. I'll take care of both of you now. Hey, what's going on anyway? I don't... What did you hit him for, Joe? He's got nothing to do with it. Get up, Hank. Run. This guy's crazy. Crazy? Run, call somebody. I'll handle him till he comes. No, no, you get out of here. I'll run. Well, you want more, huh? Well, I got it right here for you. What the fuck? Run, Hank. Oh, you don't. No, you don't. You don't grab this. You got him. Hit him again. Hit him. Hit him again. Well, uh, I did it, I guess. Hey, who? Who is he? You would have done worse than you. We have to go together. I didn't know you had a steady fella. I thought when we made our date, you... You didn't ask me. Besides, we were breaking up. He had no right to interfere. Well, oh, what do we do now? I mean about him. I'll take care of him. You mean leave him here with you? Well, he'll... Please, go. There's more trouble for him. Go ahead, Hans. I want to leave him right away, too. He'll be all right. But he wasn't all right. He was dead. I knew about it hardly two hours later. No, she didn't come and tell me. The police came and got me. And they didn't learn about me from her, either. They didn't know anything about her, and they acted like they didn't want to know. Why did you walk home? You rode out there in the trolley. Why didn't you ride back? I just wanted to think, that's all. Sure. Because you weren't thinking about how maybe the motorman wouldn't remember taking you out there if you didn't ride back. No, why would I do that? I've known old Steve Hoffman all my life. Is that how you found out? You're not very smart. I'm not trying to be smart. Okay. So you hit him in self-defense to save the girl. Now, what's her name? Her name? She did. I, I never got it. She didn't tell me. You had a date with a girl and you didn't even know what her name was. Well, yes. I, I asked her. I, I've seen her often, but she didn't tell me. Are you sure there was a girl? Of course. Well, who would I have the date with? Maybe just with the guy you killed. I never met him before. I don't even know him. You just don't know anything, do you? Well, I'll ask you a very simple question. I'm sure you can answer this one. I'll try. How much money did you take off the man you murdered? How much? Yeah, how much? And where is it? His pockets were turned inside out. You went from self-defense to help yourself. It 
push me around some after that. Then take me to court and then back to myself. Half the time I didn't know what was going on. He gave me a lawyer, Mr. Hall, Bailey Hall. He'd do the talking. He kept asking for things like reduced bail, time for further investigation, and continuances to find witnesses. This sort of stalling all the time. I don't know why. I told him I didn't have the money for any bail. And witnesses. There was only one I wanted, that girl. But he kept on, always trying to hold up things. Then one day he told me I'd been indicted. I knew what that meant, Harley. It meant I had to go on trial for murder. That's bad, boy, bad. I've done all I could to delay indictment and trial in the hope that something would turn up, but we're in for it now. And you should give me something more to work with. What do you mean? Sir, you can't even name. I can't go into court with just that. The police feel certain there never was a girl, and there's no trace of her anywhere. Well, maybe she'll show up. Show up. My boy, you've got a lot to learn. Mr. Hall, that's all I know. I can't help it. You never mentioned the girl in just plain self-defense or a fight. It's a girl thing that's so bad, it makes your whole defense phony. Good Lord, boy, if you made up a girl, why didn't you make up a name? Look, I've been all through that with the police. Now, if you're going to talk that way to me, maybe we better forget the whole thing. Maybe they'll give me another attorney for it. None at all, for I care. Easy, boy. Easy. I'm sorry I popped off, but it isn't a new attorney you need. It's a new story. Yeah, that's right. You uh, rode out to the inn that night in my trolley. It was on the fourth or, or the fifth. Uh, face the jury, please, and talk louder. Oh, louder? I say, <clears throat> I say, uh, I took Guilford to the inn that night. It was about ten after midnight. He got out and started for the inn. Did you notice anyone else around? Any girl, for instance? No. No, nobody else. That'll be all, thank you. Defense may have the witness. And as soon as we started to talk to Delford, he confessed to striking the blows. He had talked about doing it in self-defense and about a girl he had a date with who witnessed the fight. Have you been able to trace this girl whose existence is claimed by the defendant? No. No trace of her at all? No, sir. No trace of her at all. And then we come to the actual evidence, gentlemen of the jury. Where do we get the evidence? From the witnesses. And who is the state's principal witness? None other than the defendant himself. But the defendant can prove his story. He has a witness. The girl who saw it all. The girl he saved from a bad beast. Would any girl be so heartless as to leave such a benefactor in the lurch when just a word would save him? Why doesn't she appear? Why isn't she found? No. There is no trace of her. Not even a small size note. In other words, she is behaving exactly as you would expect someone to behave who is not real, but just a figment of a desperate man's imagination. The defendant will rise. Gentlemen of the jury, have you reached a verdict? We have. What is your verdict? We, the jury, find the defendant, Henry Guilford, guilty as charged murder in the first degree. I... 
Yes. Their days chipped in some money. I had an uncle in West Virginia who sent Mr. Hall $50 in cash and a promissory note for another 50 And I guess Mr. Hall put up some money himself for expenses. Anyway, he kept appealing the case all the way up to the state Supreme Court. But it didn't do any good. Kept coming back to the original decision sustained, Mr. Hall said. All this time, the courts had kept changing the date. The date I was supposed to be hanged. Now, all of a sudden, I knew there weren't going to be any more changes. The last date set was this. I, I think I started to suffocate right then. There was something growing in my throat that couldn't let me breathe. The evening of the next day, McGill, the deputy warden, came into my cell with a couple of guards. He told me I was moving. I knew where. It was down on the main floor. A row of only three cells. It was the last stop. Death row. They have a team of two guards who live right in the cell with you the last few days. One time a prison breaks down and shows a human touch. You get it. Or else they just want to make sure you don't go ahead and carry out the sentence on yourself. Anyway, whatever it was, I was grateful. Because now I was lonely. I was afraid. Not afraid like a man, but afraid of the way a child is afraid. I was going someplace, the last place, and I was going alone. The thing you feel most the last hours is the time, the clock. Remembering how often you wished it would hurry so you could get off work or out of school or see your girl or go fishing. You remember a million hours like that. And six hours, you've already got left. Outside, you know, they're watching the clock, too. Not like you are, but they're watching it. All the usual people concerned with an execution, doing the usual thing. Your lawyers, the warden, the governor, maybe, newspaper men, guards, the executioner. I know what every one of them was doing as they watched the clock that night. He told me afterwards. Now I'll never forget it. Clocks all over the state. Ticking away my life. Get some sleep, Warden. It's only five hours away. Yes, I, I know, Mr. I wish I could lose this pain in my chest. I think I'll lie down here on the couch for a little while. Yes, do. When shall I call you, Warden? Oh, make it an hour beforehand. 5 a.m. Uh, 
No. Hey, this is very hard. Yes, I'm guilty. Uh, who? Where well, have you been all this time? What? Hey, hey, look. We're not just some cook this afternoon. I know, I know it's for sick this morning. Where are you? All right, wait for me. I'll be right down. We've got about two hours. I'll take my reputation on it, Governor. This is the girl. The third is the state of execution. It's true, sir. I swear it's true. I've been in the East. I, I just haven't heard about it till tonight. But it's tough as he said it was. Self-defense. And the money that was taken out of the dead man's pocket? I took it. I needed it, and I had to be right to. He's been my husband. Very well. Richard. Uh, yes, Governor? I found a stay of execution on the Guilford case for three weeks. Bring it in, and I'll sign it, and you can take it down. All right. So you'd better phone the warden to make sure, though, Governor. That boy's only got about a half hour left. Warden's office. Yes, this is Warden Barnes. Huh? Oh, yes, Governor. Young Guilford? Oh, you don't say so. Why, that's splendid, Governor. Splendid. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll let them know right away. Yes, sir. Oh, McGill. 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 Ah. Ah. Yes, Warden. Harry, Jack, come here, quick. Come on. Get him up on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a stroke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Call the doctor, will you? Sure. Hey, the phone's off. Never mind that. Call the doctor. Yeah, must have been a strain of his execution. I think he's trying to like the kid. Yeah. 5.30. Well, I'll have to take over for the execution. <laughs> Gentlemen, gentlemen, now ten minutes to six. In a few moments, you will be admitted to the ground floor of Blockhouse A. The scaffold has been erected where the execution, which you are to witness as newspaper men and members of the medical profession, take place. You find rows of benches. You take your seats quietly in any of the rows except the first, which has been reserved for members of the medical examining committee. We ask you to cooperate with us in our duties and to respect the solemnity of the occasion by moving quietly, refraining from any loud conversation from the moment you enter until you leave. That's it. Thank reading from the Bible, but I knew it was time. They were coming for me. This was it, then. There was a group of guards. The deputy warden was with them. They opened my cell door. One of the guards came straight up to me. He was carrying a leather strap with a big buckle on it. I stood up. I felt him strapping my arms behind me. 
just a minute. She stops reading for a moment to say something. We'll go now, Gilbert. I, I started to say something to the deputy, but he nodded his head at the men and we started to move. The two guards who'd been in the cell with me stood back and one of them reached over me and put his hand on my shoulder for a second. I tried to say goodbye. I walked and realized I couldn't breathe very deeply, though I wanted to. Just short breaths were all I could take. The deputy turned around and looked at me. He seemed nervous. That bothered me. I wish he wasn't so nervous. Then we got to a door in the corner. Through that, then another door. That was already open. I walked through. I was in a room full of men. But my eyes went to something else. There were the steps just ahead of me. Unpainted. Wooden steps. They led up to a platform. From above that, there, up there, was I saw the rope. Yes. Position. The men in the room below me now were looking up. There was a movement among them. One of them had fainted, fell off the bench, and landed hard. It was like in a dream. I wondered if he had hurt himself. Then I felt something over my head, and I knew the rope was being adjusted. And another guard was in front of me. He had a hood. He lifted it, and it came down over my head. Somewhere inside of me, screams began, but my lips were closed. And I was saying to myself, hurry, hurry, hurry. Hello. Tom, don't you know better than the ring of phone now? Go to the scout. What? Come to this. Are you sure? That is fun. Miguel! Miguel, stop! There's a pardon! Stop it! Stop it! No, a man doesn't always die right away when he's hanging. They talk about the neck being broken and death coming instantly. No, not always. Death doesn't come for a long time. For some men, it's nearly 20 minutes. For others, it may be less. But never under 12 minutes before the heart stops. You can check on that. Me? I was up only a few seconds. They cut me down and the doctors worked on me right on the wheel stretcher that was waiting to carry my body out. I didn't lose consciousness. I sometimes wish I had. I sometimes wish I'd gone then instead of being brought back to remember every bit of those last hours. There was a new trial after I was on my feet again. But I don't know what was done. That was strange. I saw the girl, Judy. I know her name now, and I thank you. Neither one of us knew what to say after that, so she just went. Yes, and... I never sleep indoors. I never button my collar. I don't like buildings, any buildings. It's got stone and steel and holds you in. 
I want to be out here where I can see the sky any time I open my eyes. And I open them often. I think too much when they close. I hear the, the clock. The clock. The clock. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.